The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Would you like to know how to make better decisions for your business, your people, or yourself? Do you want to recognize when you make errors of judgment that cause the quality of your decisions to drop, and when you are moving away from, not closer to, your goal? Welcome to Because There's More with Laura Ellis. For the next hour, Laura and her guests will share experiences and insights that will challenge and stretch your thinking, help you recognize your biases, and ultimately guide you towards more predictable and accurate decisions. You'll walk away from this show feeling better informed, more inspired, and a lot more confident about your next big decision. Now, here's your host, Laura Ellis. Hello, I'm Laura Ellis, and this is Because There's More, the show that takes a closer look at decision-making. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, a very warm welcome. Thank you, and thank you to our returning listeners for joining me and today's guest on our 12th show. After braving it out last week and running the whole show by myself, something I don't think I'll be doing anytime soon, um, today we're back on track and you will get to hear from yet another talented, experienced and smart, rich tab advisor, Jan New. Welcome to this show, Jan. Thank you, Laura. Um, you uh, you know what being a tab advisor is, but maybe our new, uh, new listeners in particular won't know that. So I'm just going to take a few minutes to explain it in more uh, detail. So tab is basically an acronym, uh, an acronym for the organization. I found it in 2013 that is called Trusted Advisory Board, which in essence, it's a virtual advisory board made up of professionals with different skill sets, experiences, talents, People who lend their knowledge and expertise to our client organizations um, in order to inform and inspire better decision making uh, and typically at the most senior levels uh, of the organization. And I say in both uh, government and uh, uh, business. So through a dual layer of uh, advisory model, um, we provide both a personal, confidential relationship with our clients and all the expertise and knowledge that's needed for the senior decision makers, our clients, to make the right decisions uh, for their business. So now back to you, Jack. Um, you and I met, I think, sometime back in 2009 uh, during an right. assessment exercise, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. And what I remember uh, from that, I mean, I remember everything. Uh, I'm I'm blessed with a very good memory. But one of the <laughs> things that struck me then, and, and I have to say in like seven or eight years of consulting, it was the only time I came across it. You 
paid for the entire assessment by yourself. And not because your employer would have paid for it. You hadn't even asked because you didn't want to uh, ask for the money and tap into a very carefully managed uh, resource uh, because you are part of a not-for-profit organization, a charity. Um, And I think that speaks miles about you. Um, So let me just give the audience more of a formal presentation of who you are from my perspective as a professional. Um, So the first thing I'm going to say is that, um, like, all of the other tab advisors, you are very uh, an extremely humble person. In spite of all the amazing talent you possess and the achievements you have accumulated throughout a rewarding career in uh, in the not for profit sector, um, you are motivated by a strong passion for making a difference, and you have dedicated yourself to the world of not for profit sector um, and have had. Uh, successful roles uh, uh, within the sector. You're a creative problem solver, and I know that because I did your assessment at that point, Uh, but you're also a very roll-up-your-sleeve type of leader. And I know that your success has been fueled by your highly innovative and holistic way of thinking, even though you like nothing more than share the credit with the rest of your team. Uh, You are now and have always been relentless relentless in what you set up to achieve and have a great thirst and openness to new information and perspective. I believe uh, that's uh, a key point or a key success factor that has allowed you to succeed where many would have struggled. So it is a true privilege to have you on the TABS team. And thank you again for agreeing to be here today, given you have a meeting at 10 o'clock, so we may even have to let you go five minutes uh, sooner. So welcome again, and thank you, Jan. Thank you. Thank you. And I should clarify that one of the reasons I wanted to pay pay for the, the assessment myself certainly was uh, because I worked in the charitable sector and I, I didn't feel that, um, that I wanted to seek payment for that. Um, but also I wanted to be independent, that um, I, I knew I was looking at the last phase of my career and I wanted to um, get a sense of my strengths and weaknesses because I was thinking of switching um, employers. I was thinking of leaving uh, where, I was, where I was currently hired, and, and I wanted the freedom to make that choice without feeling obligated to my employer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, and th- thank you for sharing that. And, and again, from my perspective and, you know, uh, uh, having built a career in assessment, it's, it's still saying, uh, so much about the level of your, um, integrity, um, making, uh, those decisions decisions. But thank you for sharing that uh, with me. Um, you're one of the three people in the team of advisors who actually agreed to be TAB, uh, part of TAB's expert advisory layer without me describing what TAB um, was about. I, I remember making this uh, uh, kind of request and sending it by email. And uh, you were very um, fast and I'm grateful to it today, and I was then. Uh, you're very fast to say yes. What made you say that? What made you go for that choice? 
Well, uh, yeah, I did. Um, first, I trusted you um, as a person because you had um, led me through a process within the assessment process that um, um, was um, difficult. Um, it was um, it expanded my awareness of my leadership style as well as as the things that I needed to work on. And so through that process, I, I gained trust. Um, and also, I felt that what you offered me in terms of um, concrete ways in which to deal with difficult situations that I had encountered in my um, employment relationships, um, um, different how to deal with different dynamics, I really felt that I wanted to um, enable you to share that with other people. Um, so I guess that would be it in a nutshell. Yeah. Primarily, I trusted you, um, and uh, and I felt that your analysis of what you what you helped me through and what you helped me see has made me a much better leader um, and more aware of myself. Yeah. Thank you, and 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 this is a this is a very touching moment for me because uh, you were one of the first people who sent me a card, and I still have it today. And in your card, you said, uh, "Thank you for changing my life." So I still have that card today. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Um, well, you. You helped me. I still to this day. Um, I have a sign that reminds me because of my um, high creativity that you. Um, helped me see, and because of my comfort in in change, um, you said yeah. that I was at the like the top five yeah. percent of people with comfort <laughs> around change. I I have a large sign that I keep um, that I I I remind myself, and it says, "There's no job too simple for me to complicate." Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> you you taught me to be creative, but then when I saw people looking at me with uh, sort of a deer in the headlights, you taught me to sit back and say, okay, now I've had my, I've, I've had my fun, so to speak, so tell me what your thoughts are, and, and really to sit back and, and take uh, the team's input and guidance, and we always get to a better place, so thank you. Yeah. Yeah, my my pleasure, and I would do it uh, all over again. And you're you're so captured the reason why I uh, uh, created Tab. Uh, I I am I was part of an industry that is very dedicated to helping leaders become better at what they do. What I felt uh, that the gap was is that we we separated too much the the uh, people uh, interpersonal relationships and people part of the business from the actual business. So. Um, and and on the other side of the of the fence, you have the organizations who who know and are expert in in the business part, but know very little um, in uh, about uh, uh, people leadership and and how much of that uh, matters to to doing uh, to running a, a good business. So I just felt that there has to be something in between that bridges the two worlds. And uh, that's how I, I created Tab. But we, we actually talked about it since and, and you are uh, more, um, uh, you have a better understanding of what Tab is, uh, is trying to do. I found it fascinating asking uh, each advisor what their description of Tab is, because 
it's it's interesting and it's fascinating to me that people come at it and see different uh, benefits from it or describe it in different ways and it helps me to understand how to um, uh, put it out there since it's such a unique concept. How would you describe TAB today? What's your understanding of it today? Well, I hope it's consonant with yours, but the way I feel about it today is that it's a touchstone. It enables me to, it's sort of, um, it's, I know you're there and I know you are a, um, a person again, I trust, and also that I'm able to contact and, um, seek your services, uh, to help with particularly difficult situations that I don't necessarily want to um, um, share with the team or it it or with my in my reporting relationship within my organization. It's something. It's a conundrum or an, an issue that I may have. I, I want to wrestle with myself, but I do need um, a sounding board, a yeah. um, a touchstone to be able yeah. to um, uh, cycle back check out the idea and get a, get that um, other perspective um, yeah. because we do get a bit navel gazy when we when we get into uh, or at least I do when I get into uh, difficult situations yeah and and you're absolutely right we all do and and you know uh, the angle that I took into um, into talking to business people and into businesses is really the angle of decision making and I've said it enough times uh, on on the show now that uh, there's enough uh, research or sufficient re- research that demonstrates we are better at uh, um, uh, view of understanding and observing the mistakes in judgments and the biases in others than we are in ourselves. So the same problem, we would have no challenges uh, helping solve when it's somebody else's problem. We have huge challenges to be objective, to know what's relevant, uh, which is why having a second, uh, you know, a second perspective or a uh, someone who can bring in uh, that, uh, you know, bounce back ideas, it's a great way. And what I uh, confirms my earlier statement about being fascinated how different people bring different uh, facets of what TAP does uh, is that you are probably the first uh, that focused on the trusted part. You know, it, it is in the name of the, orga- uh, of the organization, Trusted Advisory Board, but you really emphasized through your answer um, the element of the trust that is being built between uh, the tab advisor and, and the client because um, I built a, a service that I see ongoing um, and always available for an executive, whereas a lot of the work that uh, comes under the management consulting umbrella is either project-based but definitely uh, time-limited. Um, so let's let's now go back to what you live and breathe every day. The, well, the actually, work. before we go yeah, there, sure. I, I do have to say that um, the trusted um, part is, or the trusted element is, is key because I think I share um, a lot with any executive, be they in whatever sector they're in. The, the uh, charitable or not-for-profit sector isn't that unique. Um, 
I know the the uh, nuts and bolts of my um, of my work, budgeting, strategic planning, um, um, uh, in, uh, working on um, revenue figures and expand, you know, ways to expand revenue, etc. And I know that I've been in the business now for almost twenty five years. Um, however, or in the sector for twenty five years. However, what is always um, difficult, what is always a challenge for, for many people um, is the human um, aspect of, of work. And it's the, the human dynamics uh, around motivation, um, around um, expectation and how to manage them, um, around boundary setting. Um, you know, these are, they're all um, somewhat difficult and people have different levels of fragility and how to deal with um, someone who's bulletproof and then in the next moment deal with someone who is extremely fragile. Um, and, and that, in order to do that, you need someone that you can trust, that you can have conversations with, um, who is not then going to talk about it to, um, to someone and, and divulge a confidence. You know, it, it, it's, it's so important because it's not about the, the technical aspects of the work that I would reach out to you for. It is about those, the difficulty that often is the impediment that we discount because we're all focused on the strategic plan and on budgets, on, you know, increasing revenue and decreasing expenses, and we're all focused on that. And, however, the impediment that always gets in our way is the, um, is the morale in the team, the relationships between person A and person Y, and how it sometimes can create a toxic work environment. It's all of the, the bundle of HR that is, is often the impediment to success. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, and I guess, I mean, I, it shouldn't be any surprise to me, uh, when, when people compare tap services to coaching because coaches help, uh, help with that aspect of, uh, you know, coaches, uh, role, coaches' role is to help with that aspect that we described, um, you described. But what I found in my experience is that when you are not able as a coach, uh, to bring in the kind of the expertise or to to kind of complete when is necessary and in very few situations when it's necessary to bring in that little piece of information that belongs to a completely different science or disciplines or or business uh, that the decision maker uh, doesn't have, it kind of takes away uh, from, uh, from everything else you're bringing. It kind of takes away from the value or, or diminishes or takes away from the opportunity to make that uh, a much stronger advice, which is why, again, I brought that element of trust and, and a strong relationship um, into the dynamic of the organization, but also uh, I brought the expertise in case people uh, need it. So um, we are just a minute away from uh, the break. We're going to go into a commercial break now and we'll talk a lot more to Jan about the world that she lives in. Um, so uh, don't go away. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes and we will talk more about the not-for-profit sector and understand better the differences 
is between charities and not-for-profit and everything else. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a CEO, a board director, or an entrepreneur looking to have more control over the future of your organization? If the answer is yes, you need Tab Ignite. Our approach is unique, intelligent, and it works. Our solution is exclusively positioned to guarantee the results you seek for your business because we make it simple for you to tap our advisor's expertise and experience and make accurate business decisions. Ask Tab Ignite to work for you at tabignite at trustedadvisoryboard.com and make your next decision the first of many best decisions for your company. Do you believe in the value you bring to an organization? Have you been overlooked for a promotion because you think differently than your peers? Do you know that you can and will make a difference to the business? Let Tab Advanced be your personal advisory board and help you make different, better decisions about your career. Our team is customized to your successful advancement and hones in on when, why, and how you make those decisions. Build a more fulfilling career. Contact us today at advance at trustedadvisoryboard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Because There's More with host Laura Ellis. To connect with our program today, please send Laura an email to lellis at trustedadvisoryboard.com. Now, back to Because There's More. Hi, I'm Laura Ellis and I'm here with Jan Yu. Um, we talked uh, earlier about um, uh, Jan joining uh, TAB as an advisor, but what I want to focus on now is really talk to you, Jan, about um, uh, your career path and, and working not-for-profit. And I think the first thing uh, that we should do is, is hear you clarify for all of us, um, what is the difference between not-for-profit and charities? I know that at some point I asked your advice of setting up a charity, and I still don't know today. I couldn't describe the difference between them. So can you, can you illuminate us? Okay. Well, quite simply, a not-for-profit or charitable organization is one that is set up, um, and it, in Canada, it's set up under the, um, uh, the government and registered as a charity, and its sole purpose and intent is to um, support its purpose. And so it's, a charity defines its purpose, it defines its um, focus, um, heart and Stroke uh, is to create awareness and um, prevention and cures for heart disease and stroke um, and um, organizations like that. So they set up a purpose and the um, all uh, support uh, the revenue and a, and a certain amount of um, disbursement quota is directed to that, um, that focus. And so there is no profit per se. Um, it is um, the um, the revenue is directed to the betterment of society in be it the arts, um, culture, health, education, um, different religions, the environment. The, the list goes on and on. 
um, versus a business where the the interest of a business is to make money, acquire wealth, and to that wealth either is directed um, to the owners of the company, and that that profit is directed to the owners of the company, or to the to the shareholders. Uh, so it is the purpose of that um, um, for-profit entity is to make shareholders or owners more wealthy, to produce good product. Um, but, you know, in the larger scheme, both are making um, our communities better mm-hmm. um, because the, you know, the for-profit makes good um, good. Um, materials or provides good service, um, and for-profit organizations often become donors to the charitable sector and um, improve our lives in that way. Yeah. So, so that's, a, uh, that's something that I wanted to ask. I mean, maybe this sounds silly, but people who work for uh, not-for-profit or charities, they do, ha- they do get paid, right? I mean, maybe it sounds like a silly question, but they do receive salaries. It's not just uh, volunteer but Some work. do, some don't. Um, oh. um, some, some people um, are able to, uh, they're either wealthy or they are um, retired and have income from other sources, um, and they have chosen to establish a charity and direct everything to um, to the purposes of the charity. Um, a, a vast majority, however, are set up and uh, structured similar to a business with um, an executive lead, uh, um, either a president or um, senior vice president, and then a structure, an organizational structure. Um, under that um, that leader that carries on the purposes of the um, of the uh, the charity um, there's a significant amount of require of um, due diligence required uh, when one is accepting charitable donations so depending on the size of the charity there may be a whole department that is um, concentrated on donor funds management and um, charitable receiving, um, accountability, and stewardship. Um, whereas very small charities, may, they still have to be accountable and steward and um, provide receipts, but it may not be huge. It might be one or two, one person that's doing that. That's great. Um, when I worked in the UK, I, I worked for a government organization and I was very, uh, it was very obvious to me from the very beginning that it, it's a different profile, a person who joins a not uh, a government organization. Would you say that the same is uh, uh, true for people working in, in charities? Are they, is there a, a typical profile that, uh, of the individual that works in that sector? And, and if it is, what would that type be? How would you describe the type? Well, I've worked in, um, in for-profit and not-for-profit. Um, and I would, I would say, you know, people are, generally people are people. Um, and it depends on the the type of work um, one does uh, in terms of the the type of person. Um, my uh, my experience in the charitable sector has been in hospital foundations and in the university sector. So they're large organizations. 
um, certainly the people that you find in um, in advancement or financial um, areas uh, would have the the same expertise and the same training that you'd find in any um, in any for profit organization. But I think there's um, and I'm I'm hesitant to to say this because it's not that people that work in uh, charitable organizations are are better people, um, but it they are people that put a value on um, the charitable purpose, and so they may not um, make as as much money as someone in a huge national or international organization, um, but they place a value on the um, on the purpose, on the charitable purpose of the um, organization. And um, so it is, we look for people that have um, a passion for the, uh, for the, the charitable purpose when we're hiring. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. And, and, you know, your words uh, are taking me to, um, to, um, all those, um, executives that, uh, high powered executives that I work with that also, who also, uh, do a lot of, uh, charitable donations mm-hmm. and support a lot of foundations. And, and I guess it just makes the point that you're making earlier. We're all people. And, uh, I believe that our society is becoming so much more complex that it stretches, uh, our own complexity and the same people who are very driven and very results oriented and, and seek financial return also look for ways to feed, uh, their, the charitable side of them and, and making a difference to the, um, society. What was your motivation, uh, to, uh, and, and am I correct? Like you were first in the for profit and moved into not for profit, but what did ultimately lead you to working in? the not-for-profit and charities? Well, it was by accident, actually. Um, um, I'd love to be able to say I planned it, but, um, but it was um, serendipity. I had been managing in a law firm, and um, I knew one of the, the members of the law firm also was a volunteer um, at a local hospital uh, on the foundation board, and they were looking for somebody who uh, was organized and creative and would be able to take over the annual programs in that, in that hospital uh, foundation. And I, re- I remember sitting at my desk, and I, I was the IT manager as well as I did IT and HR in that law firm. And uh, received a call and said, Jan, we're, we're here and we're searching for someone to take on the annual programs of this foundation. And we keep on coming back and thinking that it's you. Would you come up for an interview? Um, and I, I didn't, at that point, I didn't even know that foundations existed. You know, I, I guess I should have thought of it, but I, I didn't. I wasn't really aware of of the of the charitable sector, and um, I thought, sure, I, I got into a cab and and uh, came up and was interviewed um, and got the job. 
and I, I loved it from day one. I found that I was in a state of wonder most times. Um, I worked in a teaching hospital. The foundation supported a teaching hospital. And I was fascinated with, uh, with what went on. And when, when you are raising funds, you need to describe the focus of the fundraising endeavor. So it means that you need to interview the, um, the researchers. You need to interview the physicians in, in this case with, because it was a hospital. You need to interview patients. You need to gather your information together and then put it forward in a compelling way in some form of letter or document to inspire people to, to give. And that's very difficult to do unless you have uh, a passion for the, um, for, the, for the cause. And I was fascinated and uh, really there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't learn something. And um, I was continually challenged and felt stretched. So this was—I realized this was the the job for me, um, as well as speaking to um, intended donors who wanted to understand the um, the processes or the research or the equipment. And I learned that I had a facility for translating the um, scientific language without dumbing it down because um, the people that we were speaking to uh, were very bright, very accomplished, very intelligent. They just, they just didn't happen to be um, knowledgeable of, of the research vernacular or, um, or hospital equipment specifics. And so we had great conversations, uh, which leads to the third um, benefit in terms of working in the charitable sector is um, the honor of meeting people who want to make one's life better and to um, support endeavors in hospitals and universities. Um, These are people that are not driven by... um, by gain. They're not driven by um, having their name up on a board. They truly want to make the world and make the community and people's conditions better. And it's, um, it's very humbling and um, inspiring. It is, it is indeed. I'm, I'm going through a personal situation. I've been exposed to that kind of, uh, um, to those professionals and, and I keep watching them and I'm thinking, um, how do they do it? Because it's so, um, the reward simply comes from, uh, the, the impact they have on, on, on the people they work with. Um, thank you for sharing that. That, mm-hmm. that is inspiring in and of itself. And, and I love the way you said that um, you are translating the language without dumbing it down, because I so much feel that TAB is doing that by bringing this different expertise to all uh, the, the uh, professionals that I work with. Uh, I, th- there's a lot of papers out there uh, written about decision making. And in spite of me having studied for years and years and, and having, you know, read uh, book after book, I read some of them and I think, what does this mean? 
what is this about? So I have to read it several times. And I'm thinking, how is this ever going to be of any benefit to the senior executive who um, would the information in in itself, it's amazingly valuable and someone having that, I mean, that's what I've been able to do to, to transfer that knowledge to people. And But but you're absolutely right. I mean, having that ability and creating a mechanism to, to do that. So tell us more about uh, what you do today, if you don't mind, if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah. No, today um, I am honored to um, support a team of fundraising professionals um, in the university in which I work. Uh, each faculty has um, a team or, or sometimes just one person working in the faculty or in the division, and divisions are like um, the varsity division or libraries, um, but um, each faculty or division has have professionals working within them, and it can feel sometimes um, solitary. Um, and uh, I work in the core programs in the university, and my focus is to support those people in the faculties and divisions and provide structure, uh, provide coaching wherever needed, um, and to move them through the cycle of their annual plan and um, ensure things are on budget, both in revenue and expenses, um, and help people through their um, their plan to secure um, their the most amount of support that they can for their faculties and divisions. Fundraising and uh, raising philanthropy and asking people to volunteer um, is a very difficult job because um, oftentimes uh, people, you, you get a lot of no, um, although oftentimes it's no, not now. You know, people are either not in the position to volunteer or they're not in the position to provide a, a charitable donation or they may not be interested in post-secondary education or research. And um, charity is a choice, and uh, so it, it really is one where, um, as a as an executive director of faculties and divisions development, uh, part of my role is also to normalize and to normalize that that fact that yes, we do get turned down, um, but also to inspire resilience in the team. Uh, because for every no, there's always a, a maybe or a resounding yes. Um, and when you, when you do meet that individual who is keen to make a difference, um, either through providing scholarship support for someone who may not be able to afford post-secondary education or to provide support for equipment um, or scientific, other scientific work, um, that is truly a joy um, because, I mean, it's my personal belief that um, education, be it elementary, high school, post-secondary education of any form, is, is the greatest um, force to bring us together and to improve our lives. 
That's that's amazing. We're, we're going to go to a commercial break again now. And, and what I'd like us to do, Jan, is when we get back to focus more on the challenges and the decisions that you uh, you have, you face with every day um, in in achieving your objective to fundraise. I know it's a big it's a big challenge. I don't know how you guys do it. And I also have uh, uh, senior executive clients who want to be part of that, but, uh, you know, they don't fear the uh, reprisal of their, um, uh, you know, very strong CEO if they don't meet targets, but they do worry that they don't know uh, the right things to do to, to raise funds. So we'll go to a commercial break now and we'll come back uh, and talk more to Jan about how to, um, what are the right things to do to raise funding. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Do you believe in the value you bring to an organization? Have you been overlooked for a promotion because you think differently than your peers? Do you know that you can and will make a difference to the business? Let Tab Advanced be your personal advisory board and help you make different, better decisions about your career. Our team is customized to your successful advancement and hones in on when, why, and how you make those decisions. Build a more fulfilling career. Contact us today at advance at trustedadvisoryboard.com. Are you a CEO, a board director, or an entrepreneur looking to have more control over the future of your organization? If the answer is yes, you need Tab Ignite. Our approach is unique, intelligent, and it works. Our solution is exclusively positioned to guarantee the results you seek for your business because we make it simple for you to tap our advisor's expertise and experience and make accurate business decisions. Ask Tab Ignite to work for you at tabignite at trustedadvisoryboard.com and make your next decision the first of many best decisions for your company. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned into Because There's More with host Laura Ellis. To connect with our program today, please send Laura an email to lellis at trustedadvisoryboard.com. Now, back to Because There's More. Hi, I'm Laura Ellis, and I'm here with Jan New, who is telling us about um, her work uh, in side charities. Um, Jan, I, I, w- I was talking to you uh, during the break, and, and I uh, confess that talking to you, very similar to every other experience I had from the beginning of the show, I just feel like there's so much more to be said, and there's so much value in what you're sharing with us. So um, I'm going to find a way to uh, understand from the listeners what is it that they want to know more uh, so we can bring you back because uh, your insights are amazing and I also shared that I just feel inspired listening to everything you said and makes me want even harder to to grow tap because I know um, as a concept it it does have the potential to change the the world of business so 
fundraising. I know it's a topic that um, um, you hear a lot and I experience it uh, from the other end where I receive calls. Um, how do you do that? How do you, how do you go or uh, how do you manage the no's that you receive? How do you keep going? Tell us more. What, what are some of the things that you, uh, you have learned uh, to do over time to keep you going and your team? Right. Yeah. Well, um, I'm now after almost 25 years after joining that hospital foundation, my work evolved, um, and I gained experience in writing um, annual appeal letters, and so that the annual programs often are. Um, typified by those are the telephone calls that people get, the the letters that people get, the emails, those kinds of things. And they're, they're the um, um, processes that people um, often either um, reply to in small ways or large ways. Um, but now I'm involved in what's known as major gift and principal gifts. So these are, are um, charitable um, relationships in which the donor wants to make a lifetime commitment of a very large gift to the organization. And, um, you know, it, it's, it basically goes back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs in that, you know, after we have our our security and safety taken care of and food and shelter and all of those things, and we work up the pyramid to um, community connection, um, we, we do eventually, after all is set, we have our houses, our children are well taken care of, we're comfortable, we then look outward and want to improve our community. And it's at that point where um, where charitable giving um, that um, I am involved with, as well as the people in the faculties and divisions, um, is that we're there to encourage or assist or inspire people to give at those um, at, the, at those levels of of charity. And so that's very difficult to find because it depends. Um, some people uh, call us directly. Um, other people may not think about it until they're asked. Um, and then once they think about it, they think, yes, this is something that I believe strongly in, and I do want to make a difference, and I, I would like to invest in, in that charity. So finding that um, individual or corporation or organization is, is difficult. It's, it's certainly easier when, uh, when one looks at foundations because it's their purpose to support uh, various charities um, or community organizations. But it is um, very difficult to find people who are at that place where they would like to um, make a commitment and make a philanthropic commitment. Um, even more difficult is to find a person that's at that place in their lives that, and for them, post-secondary education is, is very important. And so we're just one of 90,000 charities in Canada, and every single one of, of them have 
good purposes, and they're all um, well. Um, you know, they they all have a have good intentions, and they all have a great mandate. Um, so it does get somewhat competitive, um, but it it really comes down to um, meeting people, talking to people, and identifying people through relationships with other people. Um, we have great volunteers. We're very. We're very, very lucky to have wonderful volunteers who are community leaders and are philanthropists themselves who also know other people that might be at that place where they're ready to make a commitment to um, to giving to post-secondary education. I mean, the, the biggest fallacy is that people think that fundraisers are arm twisters or, you know, it, it, it's not about that. It's more... Um, the role is um, you are a conduit of intention. Um, you're not out there to force anyone into a uh, relationship with an organization. Um, the, the donor's um, desires are the, are the lead, and, uh, and we follow yeah. as opposed to force. Yeah, and and I know that uh, I I have to keep an uh, uh, an eye on the watch because you do have a ten o'clock yeah. meeting, and I don't want to make you late for it. But one of the things that uh, I, I I would say is very important for me to get from you on this show because we'll have another one. I have no doubt of it. Um, okay. I, I work with uh, with executives who say, you know, Laura, I've never been good at asking good things. Uh, 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 for things for myself, I, you know, I'd rather do it myself or um, how am I going to ask for, for, for money? You know, they want to do it. They, they, they want to do it, but they really um, fear that. And I think for me, uh, from my angle, I think the biggest barrier is seeing it as a uh, potential of failure, right? What if I don't serve this? What would you advise those people who, who've never done it before, um, want to be part of the, um, of the of of a board raising funds and everything, but but are afraid that they won't know how to ask for money. That's their biggest fear. The one I come across. What would you advise those people? Well, first of all, it's not rejection. It is a choice. Um, so it is. Um, I I always when when uh, meeting with anyone for the first time, I make it clear that the uh, the subject is not about. I'm not here to ask you for money. I'm here. To, we're here to have a conversation, and we're here to find out whether or not there's something that we're doing at my organization that is um, aligns with your values. And so it, it really is a conversation at first, and it's not about um, asking someone for money at that time. At the end of that conversation, um, when it's wrapped up, is to really listen to the person and ask them, was there something that we talked about that, that was of interest to you and um, where you feel that you might um, support it and, and uh, get behind it because I believe in it. And, uh, it. and for a volunteer, for instance, if for executives that are asking for money, I mean, the first cardinal rule is you need to be a donor yourself to the organization. Um, that way it, it certainly then, um, you know, I, I certainly make my personal commitment to my organization. And when I ask others to join me, 
um, it is, it truly is that, that they're joining me. And if they don't want to, that's fine, you know. Um, but it is about a conversation to say, was there something of interest here? And would you like to have a, a, a further discussion and get more details about it? Then in the second meeting, one can bring in, in, in case of post-secondary education, either a development professional or a researcher or, or a partner um, and bring that person into the conversation to talk further about it. And then it really is a question of, you know, is this something that you'd like to invest in? So it, it, it's more of a process. It's not about going out and having lunch and saying, so will you give? You know, yeah. it, it's not an abrupt conversation. It's a journey. And it's a learning journey where people need to um, understand the impact of what um, 50,000, 100,000, 500,000, you know, whatever um, is the amount, um, the impact of what that will make. And is that consonant with their values? Is that where they want to go with their, with their, um, um, their transfer of assets because they're basically, that's what's happening is they're, they're saying, I have these assets and I actually feel so strongly about this. I want to redirect them to your organization because I see it's worth and I see it's value. So it's, it's, um, I don't know what more to say. It, it is more of a yeah. journey than, um, than a decision. It's not yeah. an abrupt decision. Sure. And I do have just a couple of minutes before I let you go because I don't mm-hmm. want you to be late for your meeting. Do you, oh, do you ever feel that, um, um, you know, you're running out of leads? Like you, you've kind of circulated. I mean, there's only so many people who can give, especially in your area where you look at large sums. Um, and how do you manage that? I don't know. I guess I'm the optimist. I, I actually don't feel there's ever a shortage of leads because I, yeah. um, there are, there are more people in the market. Uh, there are more people in the community. Um, and um, I, I feel fortunate. The organization, uh, working in post-secondary education for a top research university, I, I, you know, there's so, there's so much um, benefit that can be had through education that I, I actually don't feel that there's ever a shortage um, and that there's... Yeah. You just don't run out. <laughs> what what, what a great attitude difficult. to have because the reality is uh, we don't know what the reality is, but but, yeah. but you will create the opportunities by taking that attitude. Jan, I couldn't thank you more. I am. I hope anyone who listens, whenever they listen, they feel as inspired as I do right now. I just feel that I'm going to take everything you said and make TAB a success because – I know I can make a difference. So um, I hope you enjoyed the show. I had a great time. I am going to let you go on your own time whenever you're ready to leave so you're not late for the meeting. I'm just going to take the... uh, Thank you so much. And I hope we'll hear from you soon. I want to thank you, Laura. Um, You know, as I said at the beginning, there was so much that I learned from you that helped me get onto a more firm track. And uh, and I owe a lot to you. And that's... um, um, I feel like I'm here today thanks to your good sage counsel. So I do need to go, but um, would love to come back if people are interested. And um, uh, thank you for um, for inviting me. 
It is my pleasure and an honor to have met you. So have a great day today. Uh, we only have one minute till the end of the uh, show. So if you have any questions for me or Jan, and I'll make sure to pass them on, please email me at lellis at Trusted Advisory Board. Um, otherwise, have a great week. Um, I, I hope that, again, you will listen to this show and feel inspired. Uh, there's no doubt many lessons in there uh, that could and would help um, everyday uh, business uh, relationships. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to assign the word selling to uh, to what Jan said, but it is kind of um, no different to actually uh, the process that everyday businesses go through. So have a great week and we'll uh, hear uh, from me next week, uh, same time, same place, 9 a.m., 6 a.m. in the PST, 9 a.m. EST. Have a great week. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Because There's More. Join Laura Ellis again next Monday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to tune in because... There's more.